What's going on, guys? Welcome to In The Zone. I'm your host, Garrison Roy, and uh, this is pretty much where we talk about being in the strike zone, such as skill acquisition side of the game, uh, and then also being in the zone mentally, and also different zones of either training, rehab, so on and so forth. Uh, But today's episode, we're going to get into a different type of zone, which is the recruiting zone, right? This is Obviously, a hot topic due to the recent transfer portal situation and NIL deals that I've touched on before in a previous podcast. Um, so I have a, some actually really valuable information. So wait till the end. I'm going to give you guys a free resource on how to look over uh, some things here. But um, yeah, if you find any value in the show or you know anyone who needs to hear this, especially since the transfer portals, you know, really hot right now. Um you know, because I think it's a thousand athletes have hit the, the baseball transfer portal uh, and the seasons, you know, they're guys that are still in conference play right now or they just finished that up and getting ready to go to regionals. So it's it's nuts. Right. But, you know, the only way the show grows is through word of mouth. So please share the show. I don't do ads or do sponsorships in any type of way. Um, I'll ask that you guys continue to pay it forward, share the show, um, post about it, throw out some good karma out there. Right because value exchange is is where it's at. Um, But yeah, so for today, uh, I'm going to get into this transfer portal rant where, you know, like I mentioned earlier, there's literally a thousand guys, a thousand athletes in the portal. It's like musical chairs right now, right? It's like, hey, like everybody get up and just shift around and go from there, right? You don't want to be that last guy that, that didn't get a seat or didn't get a spot. So, you know, there, there is a lot of factors that are involved with this, uh, but I'm going to hit on maybe, you know, maybe some valid reasons to probably enter the portal, um, you know, and I totally get it. Everyone has different side of the story. Really, there's probably three sides of the story. There's the outsider perspective. There's the coach's perspective. And then there's a the player's perspective. So I guess for a player's reason to enter the portal that I think is is the most valid versus a being a you know nil nil deal conundrum is you know maybe maybe your coaches leave and you know i i wish there was a uh a coaches transfer portal that would be definitely interesting uh to kind of see how some coaches might be disgruntled and where they're at or who they're working for and looking to kind of shift things around but i digress a little bit here but yeah so let, let's say you get recruited by a guy you know you're you're a freshman or incoming freshman and uh, your coaches are bouncing to another school um, or they're, you know, not coaching altogether. And you don't want to sit around and wait and see what that next recruiting class is going to bring along with the new coaches. Cause they didn't, they have no idea who you are. Right. So they might even ask you after the fall because they don't like what they see. They don't fit uh, or you don't fit their plan as far as what they're trying to create or what kind of team they like to coach. Right. So that is a very valid reason for number one uh, to get into the transfer portal. 
Now, second one, you know, uh, kind of obvious, you know, maybe you're changing your majors and the school may not offer that, you know, but we all know like guys who go to play baseball in college, they're there to play baseball, not necessarily for the major, but there are some that, you know, definitely hold the academic side to a higher uh, pedestal, such as guys in the Ivy League, you know, totally respect those guys and have coached a lot of them. Um, and uh, fun fact, they actually have the highest or the the lowest attrition rate, right? So they're actually keeping those guys a lot more, maybe just due to the academic side um, and the, the amount of, uh, you know, commitment that they have to be at that school is, is definitely, definitely higher. So that is a factor to play in there. Um, and I can back up those stats here in, in a little bit, but um, you know, that that's also a valid reason, or maybe you're in grad school and you want to go to a school that offers, you know, MBA and the school that you're currently at doesn't have that or whatever other uh, graduate school study you want to do. I think that's also a very valid reason to enter the transfer portal. Right. Or, you know, another one could be maybe, you know, you're coming across some ethical or moral issues amongst the coaches or maybe even the players. Right. I've, I've heard of several stories. And even whenever I was playing about, you know, hazing situations, how guys had to get, you know, bunched out. So I I totally understand that. And I think, you know, if you're in that situation or you don't want to be a part of that situation, I totally get that, too. Right. And the last, I guess, valid reason would be for, for me, at least, would be that you were just you just were not on the roster, not saying for due to injury. This is for like because uh, I coached at the Division two level. We would try to bring in a lot of guys and there was a JV team. Right. And not to pop some of these uh, bubbles here, but the coaches that were there actually get paid through how many heads or how many players they get to enroll into the school. Right. So they're trying to get more, more people and not all those guys are going to be on that main roster. Right. So, and if you were just stuck on the JV team all year and you feel like you're actually better and none of the coaches are giving you a chance, or maybe you're at the higher level, you know, division one, and you know, you, you came in, but you didn't make the cut to be on that final roster. Uh, yeah, totally get it. I mean, not that there would be anything to really uh, hold weight to on that. And honestly, don't know if if you didn't make the roster, if you even do or should enter the portal. I'm not super clear on that, but, um, you know, that that is another valid reason. But, um, you know, if it's just because you're not playing or just because the coach doesn't like you or not giving you enough opportunities, I don't honestly think that is the if that's the only reason that shouldn't be why you enter the transfer portal to be honest right you need to kind of sit back and have an honest evaluation of yourself and your performance you know maybe you had some injury setbacks all right cool it's totally fine or you know i've been in a situation too where maybe you don't do too hot in the fall and the and the coaches don't give you any any more opportunities other than maybe a handful and, you know, you had a short leash with them. I I get it, right? But at the same time, if you did have that short leash, you got to make sure that you go out there and you can be undeniably better than all the other guys that they have options for. And if you weren't that guy, maybe you go back to the drawing board and help find ways on how you can improve to get that and have a straight up 
conversation with the coach and be like, hey, what can I do to get better next year? Or what what did I do good in your eyes? What did I suck at? And how can I do things differently going forward? And, you know, the good coaches will be straight up with you and give you all those uh, answers and give you some things to work on, whether that's velocity, pitch execution, whatnot. You know, I think that's great. Um, and for those of you coaches listening, I think that's also a great kind of debrief exit meeting that we all have. Um, it's just, just be straight up with that. Uh, and I respected all the coaches that, that were straight up with, with me and all of my exit meetings. And, you know, there were some were like, Hey, you're going to be our dude next year. Or like our number two guy. Now I've also had other exit meetings where like, Hey, like love to have you back if you want to, but you're not required to. And I decided to stick around because it was a winning team. Right. So that's also, again, a factor for why guys would stay, um, you know, but that's just my two cents on the player side of, of the transfer portal. And I mentioned this earlier, there is a free resource I'm going to put in the show notes. That's pretty interesting uh, for you guys to check out. Uh, but now I'm going to kind of shift to the coaches, right? And, you know, obviously this is just kind of goes without saying, <laughs> if you have more than half your team transferring out, it's probably not a good look as far as, you know, the status of where you're at, maybe the coaching or guys just not sticking around, or maybe you're pulling in a lot of guys off of the transfer portal and they know that and they're ready to bounce from there. Right. So if you have that high attrition or guys where they're just, you know, over half of your guys are leaving the team, you might want to check your your team culture, how you communicate with those players, um, you know, and and really just kind of have an honest evaluation about yourself and talk to the other coaches around you and be like, hey, what do we need to get better at? Is it player development? Is it, you know, having a little bit more of a social interactions with the players outside of the field, you know, or just actually getting to know them and not treating them like pawns. You know, I, I think it definitely goes a long way for, for guys to actually not say that they need to be best friends with their coach, but they at least need to kind of have some type of either admiration or they look up to you as, as a man, they look up to you as, you know, someone that they at least respect um, and they may not agree with everything that you do or that you say, but at the same time, if you're a man of your word and you're helping them grow up to be, you know, great men in society, then they should all want to stick around and and play for you, right? Now, I, I get it too. Like you had, you don't have winning teams or you're trying to pump out some guys that are cancers. I totally understand that. I've been there too, right? Um, but, you know, maybe an, another piece that you look at is your recruiting strategy, right? How are you recruiting guys? Are you just DMing dudes on Twitter and trying to figure out ways to do that or finding them that way? Uh, are you going to actually see them in person? Are you just looking at their stat line and the NJCAA and then trying to, you know, pull in a lot of guys from there, which, you know, nothing down on that. I think that's definitely valid. And that's actually how I got recruited to a division two. Um, you know, to being able to look at that, but, you know, maybe, maybe just kind of keep that in check. Um, but the lower the attrition rate often indicates, you know, the, the general 
satisfaction of the players that are at that program. Right. And again, it's more than just baseball, right? There, like I mentioned earlier, there is that academic side. There is that social side or, you know, like if you're at the big SEC, ACC schools, like are they going to the football games or basketball games? You know, right. Do they have other things to do outside of just practice um, or just their overall experience there as a as a school? Right. But um, again, I'll I'll hit you guys up with this in the show notes, but I think it's it's really cool. And you can click on this link and I'll shout them out. CollegeBaseballInsights.com and uh, hashtag Team Roster Turnover Insights. And the player attrition rate is one of the things that I've highlighted here. And they have it where it's like, hey, the current year, 2023, what their current roster size is, right? Their previous year before, who's outgoing, who are, who's not going on there, who's the outgoing freshman, or the number of freshmen that are leaving the program altogether. And again, other factors such as burnout and things like that as well. And then how many players are leaving that still have eligibility due to graduation, right? That grad year um, thing, or maybe just draftees, number of players are transferring in. And, you know, these are all very interesting uh, to look at. It even has the overall winning percentage of this year. And I don't necessarily want to, directly call out any schools but you know you guys can go and look at this and and kind of see it for yourself if you have a 79 percent attrition rate i have no idea what's going on at that number one school there but you know four outgoing freshmen maybe not the number two on this list from what i'm looking from what i'm looking at is 76 percent attrition rate so 76 percentage of percent of the team is leaving right and 10 outgoing freshmen are bouncing. So again, I don't know much research behind this, but it's definitely something to uh, think about. Cause then they have 22 new players that are coming in onto that roster from the previous year. Right. And you guys can kind of sift through all this and obviously kind of draw your own conclusions, find out more context other than just the stats. Right. I'm big on that. Even just in general stats. Um, But if you double click on that player attrition rate, you'll be able to see it. And I did mention the, the Ivy league guys, right? So they're of course going to be on the lower end of that player attrition uh, percentage, like Princeton, the Dartmouth's, the Harvard's there. Princeton's actually pretty wild. They have a 3% Dartmouth's 18. uh, And then Harvard's 21. UPenn also 24. I love those guys. Um, but yeah, this is just really interesting information to, to kind of see and be like, Hey, how many outgoing freshmen do they have? And a lot of them are zeros leading up to that. And, you know, maybe your school is somewhere in between, but the stats are out there guys. And I think it's pretty valuable to know at least where you're standing or where that school that you're going to go to, if you're a player where they're standing at um, with all this and kind of know what you're getting into. Right. I, I don't think this was even a thing uh, whenever I was in school, or at least I didn't know about it. If I did, then, you know, I was kind of uh, (laughs) missing out there, but this is, uh, you know, 
definitely a valuable resource. And I hope you guys who are either looking to get in Transfer Portal or are in it, that you're taking these things into consideration. Uh, and I hope that you do make the right decision for you, uh, essentially for not only your baseball career, but to further you on throughout life, right? Because you don't want to be known as that guy who just bounces around just because he's not getting playing time or just doing it to get the NIL deals, which I get it. Like if you're good enough and you're at that high level D1 and you feel like you deserve more payout, great. Sometimes you might get paid a little bit more than what you would if you went to play professionally, at least in the States, I would think. Right. So, you know, use that to your advantage if you're in that position. But if you're like a low, lower level D2, D3 guy, like, come on, man, like nobody really is going to look that much at a, at a transfer guy who's who's doing that unless you had any of those things listed above. So just be real with yourself. Stay true to yourself and stay in the zone.